Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Ethicast. I'm your host, Bill Coffin. On September 13th, Bernard Looney suddenly resigned as CEO of BP in a move that surprised the business world. Looney joined the company 32 years ago as a drilling engineer and worked his way up the ranks until his promotion to CEO in July 2020. As CEO, he steered BP onto a meaningful green transition plan in which it became the only major oil company with goals to scale back fossil fuel output in the near future. Not all shareholders like this, especially once it put BP behind its competitors, such as ExxonMobil, Shell, and Chevron. That said, BP is currently up more than 12% for the year. But Looney's real problems came after an anonymous tip that he had pursued undisclosed personal relationships with his colleagues before he became CEO. During the CEO vetting process, Looney failed to disclose these relationships, but he was also found to have not violated BP's code of conduct. Looney assured BP's board that no more personal relationships within the company would come to light. And then more personal relationships within the company came to light. In the resulting scrutiny, Looney abruptly resigned over this fundamental breach of trust with his board. To provide some much needed context around this lesson in leadership, we are joined by Erica Salmon-Byrne, Chief Strategic Officer and Executive Chair of Ethisphere. Erica, thanks so much for joining us. Bill, it is always my pleasure, although can you and I make a pact that we will stop doing these ethicasts when people resign abruptly? I can make you no promises that I can't live up to. I'm sorry. I just, I just, I just can't. See, um, and right there, you learned Looney's lesson. It's a lesson that lands at an interesting time because um, he's by no means like the most egregiously uh, out of bounds CEO to have you know lost his position during the course of the year. But CEO churn is unusually high right now. I've read mm -hmm. that more than a thousand high-level CEOs have left their posts this year to date. Uh, we still have a whole quarter left to go. Uh, and a fair number of these high-profile public departures are CEOs who've been ousted by their boards for bad behavior. So I guess my question to you is, what is driving this? And is this a matter of CEO misbehaviors on the rise, or are board's expectations changing? Board's expectations are changing, Bill. Um, and, you, and you're right. It's about, if you look at about half of the departures, based on some of the research that, that I've seen, about half of the departures that we've seen this past year have been the result of, of CEO misbehavior. In the Looney situation, you know, look, he was single, right? He wasn't, um, it wasn't like he was, you know, having relationships outside of his marriage or anything along those lines, but he he had done two things that got him in fundamental trouble. The first was um, he had made a decision to have those relationships at work. Um, and anytime you are a senior level person and you have relationships with people who report to you, um, that is extremely problematic from a conflict of interest perspective. It sets up all sorts of awkward dynamics inside the workplace. And it is generally speaking, seen as something that's very bad for the culture. And second, he lied. And so maybe I maybe first is he lied. Second is he had the bad judgment to have the relationship yeah. inside the organization. But you know, boards are not going to look kindly on someone making a promise that they either knew was false when they made it or they were unable to abide by it, um, you know, and, and continue a relationship that fundamentally is based upon trust, right? If you look at the, the board CEO relationship, it fundamentally has to be one that is based on trust, and he violated that trust. CEOs who make headlines for the wrong reason, um, they often have a history of autocratic decision-making, a certain disdain for norms and rules, and a network of supporters who become kind of an echo chamber. Yeah. But all, all of these things, though, are shadows of what we might consider to be CEO virtues, such as decisiveness, innovation, and collaboration. 
So as leaders in the ethics economy, how can CEOs best harness those virtues, those superpowers without letting them turn into something problematic, especially if they don't have a board to oversee them? Yeah, it's a couple of things, Bill. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm glad you added that, that last component because I think for those of the, those who are out there listening to us have this conversation that are thinking, well, I'm a private company or I'm, you know, this is my ownership structure. This isn't something I have to worry about. It is still always something that you have to worry about. And so I, I think it really comes down to a couple of things. Um, I'm very fond of Professor Linda Trevino's uh, informal systems, formal systems constructs, right? So I think as a leader at any level, you need to be continuously asking yourself, what are the informal systems that I'm supporting and what informal systems are supporting me, right? So we all know what the formal systems are. We can see them, we experience them, we experience them policies, codes, you know, different protocols, uh, complex approval processes, relationship disclosure forms, all those kinds of things. What are the informal systems, right? Um, when I walk into a room, does anybody challenge me? What's my reaction when someone challenges something that I'm thinking? Um, what are the who are who are the people who are willing to speak truth to me, and how do I treat those people in front of other people when they challenge an idea of mine? Am I open to other points of view? A good leader is somebody who's continuously asking themselves those questions so that they avoid the kind of echo chamber behavior where you just have a multiple um, a multiplication of people who tell you that everything you do is amazing, and you don't have anybody who says, "Hey, you know, sorry to tell you, but the emperor has no clothes." So when we look at best practices in corporate governance, especially among the world's most ethical companies, uh, we often see through lines with how top executives and really well-functioning boards amplify each other's work. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've got companies right now that are applying for the 2023 world's most ethical companies. Uh, and as we have updated our own ethics quotient questionnaire around all of that, what are some of the great expectations that we place on corporate governance that we haven't yet talked about here? So, Bill, do you remember uh, back in April when we had our Global Ethics Summit um, and we had the that wonderful panel of directors and one of the directors said that she saw her particular uh, uh, set of responsibilities as being inspirationally irritating? I um, do. I do. Yeah. That, was the that was the quote of the conference, actually. It was the quote of the conference. I still love it so very much. Um, but, but, I, but she really had her finger on something, which is my role as a director is to continue asking the question in such a way that it inspires you to get to the bottom of the issue I'm asking you the question about. It's not my job to go find the answer. It's your job to find the answer. It's my job to ask the question. And I think, you know, I would say to anybody listening to this, really asking your senior leadership team in their conversations and relationship with the board, are, is the board asking the right questions? Are they pushing the leadership team? Um, are they are they demanding the kind of responses and results to the questions they're asking that um, that that cause them to 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 feel comfortable with the responses that they've gotten? If the answer to that is no, then you need to look at your governance structures. How often are you turning over directors? How many directors do you have on your board that have been with you for more than nine years? Right. If you've got a majority of your board that's been there for more than nine years, they're really not independent anymore. And so do they have the relationship to challenge management? Probably not at that point. And indeed in the UK, you know, you really, you're not considered independent after nine years, right? So looking at your, your tenure, looking at your performance evaluation process for your directors, are you getting the right people in the seats to be able to challenge management effectively, to be able to look at a CEO who has perhaps not been as truthful as one would like in their disclosure forms and say, no, 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 this stops now. 
right? This behavior stops now. This is not okay. We no longer have faith in anything you tell us because you've lied to us about something that's fundamental. And those are the kinds of things you need to look at. Who's in, in committee chair seats? How are you evaluating their performance? What kind of, what does your, your tenure trends tell you? Um, those are the practices we see of companies who wind up with the kinds of directors um, who have that self-awareness to say, my job is to be inspirationally irritating. Your job is to answer my questions. Well, Eric, as always, it's terrific to have you on the show. Perhaps not for the particular reason of this episode, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's terrific to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you for your insights as always. Absolutely, Bill. My pleasure. And uh, you and I will continue to have these conversations, um, but my hope is that somebody out there listening got something out of this that maybe is going to help us have one less. To learn more about values-based leadership, ethical culture, board governance, and more, please visit the Ethisphere Resource Center at ethisphere.com and hit the Resources tab at the top of the screen for a wealth of helpful videos, reports, presentations, and more. I'm Bill Coffin, and this has been the Ethicast. For more episodes, please visit the Ethisphere YouTube channel at youtube.com ethisphere. And if this is your first time enjoying the show, please make sure to like and subscribe either on YouTube or on our podcasting platforms at Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon Music. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, remember, strong ethics is good business.